Franz Wagner is back, and Germany is heading to the semifinals to face the U.S. Why? The line of magic should be more like Germany than the U.S. and what they can learn from the German national team. Plus, we're talking turnovers on our big question of the day. It's time for Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Indeed, Locked On Magic. Today is September 6th, 2023. My name is Philip Rosmanike. I'm the expert and site editor over at Orlando Magic Daily. Comics. Just follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we all got up early, I am sure, for the 4.45 a.m. Eastern Time tip-off as Germany defeats Latvia by two points to advance to the semifinals of the FIBA World Cup. We'll talk a little about Franz Wagner's triumphant return and why the Orlando Magic should be like the Wagner's team in Germany. We'll talk about what we can learn from Germany's run through the World Cup. Plus, we're going to talk about the big question of the day in our lead-up to training camp, why turnovers are the biggest thing holding back the offense, not shooting. I, I, I actually do believe that. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, we want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day, no matter when you listen to us, whether it's first thing in the morning, whether it's right when we upload. We truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Locked On podcast covering every single team in the NBA. To search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. The big news came down probably around like 4 a.m. Eastern time. Uh, I was still very much half asleep when my alarm went off at 4.30 and actually ended up being a quarter behind because I did not want to get out of bed. But that's neither here nor there. Franz Wagner, though, did wake up on time and did make his triumphant return to the basketball court after missing the, pretty much the entire tournament. He got hurt in the, in the fourth quarter of the first game against Japan. He's been out with that left ankle injury ever since. And... You know, all credit to Germany A for making it to this point without him. That all credit also to Franz for being ready physically. I, I thought early on he looked a little hesitant, looked like he was still feeling his way through the game, um, still making positive plays. But then middle of the second quarter, he really started to pick things up. Third quarter, he really kind of started taking over once he was back with the starting group to start that quarter. And the fourth quarter, of course, as is always the case with Germany, it feels like the fourth quarter when Franz and Mo Wagner were both in the game, that's when Germany took control of the matchup. They led by as much as, I believe it was 11 points at one point. Franz checks out. I think they're up eight. By the time Franz checks back in, it is a game because Dennis Schroeder had one. We'll get to him in a minute. Um, Franz Wagner, though, just a fantastic game. He did Franz things. Like I, I don't really have any other way to describe it. He has this way of accumulating stats while not making you think like he's accumulating stats. It's the only, like, I'm not saying Franz is this level of a player, but I, I, I always remember there's a game in the early 2000s where Tim Duncan, I was watching the Magic play the Spurs, and I remember looking at Tim Duncan and saying, oh, the Magic are doing a really good job with him. I don't, he doesn't feel like he scored a lot. And I looked up at the scoreboard at the old, at the old TD Waterhouse Center and saw he had 35. Um, Franz isn't dropping a quiet 35 like Tim Duncan used to do, but Franz has that same kind of demeanor and effect. He doesn't do very much loudly. I mean, it's it, the joke among Magic fans is that you need to get 
Sean Fogg ball more. He needs to take more shots. And it's just like, um, he's still taking the second most shots on the team. Uh, even his rookie year, I think he took the most field goal attempts per game on the team. So it's, it's not like Franz isn't doing anything or isn't active, but he's just very quiet in how he goes about his business. And he just picks up points, 16 points in this game, five for eight shooting, uh, two for four on threes, four for five from the foul line, had a couple and ones. He's getting to the line a lot more. Eight rebounds, something I love to see. I know I've been banging a little bit on Franz first for rebounding. Three assists as well for him, a plus 19 in a game that, that Germany won by only two. Franz, Franz's minutes were highly productive. And, and again, when I say it, this is just like a Franz Wagner thing. You just, you just, you know, you didn't see maybe the big sweeping dribble moves. He was playing very much under control. I think he definitely needed to, to, to feel his body out and, and get used to playing again. And look, Latvia is a tough team. They got some, they got some size on the perimeter. They're challenging team with their, with their defense. They're switching a lot. Took Germany a while to figure out how to beat them and how to, how to attack them. But again, when Franz was in the game, good things happened. Uh, He created for other people, for other players. And, you know, that's an element that Germany was missing. Dennis Schroeder had a lot of offensive responsibility just because he was really the only creator. He's really the only guy who could get into the lane consistently and, and be a shot maker and be a, be a distributor on this team. And so having Franz as, as an outlet, both as a shooter, because he can shoot it, but also as a creator is just such a huge boost, especially with the screeners that they have. Daniel Dice is a fantastic screener. We've talked about Mo Wagner and his screener screening 12 points, three for three shooting, six for six from the foul line, four rebounds for Mo Wagner, by the way. Uh, another very, very nice game. I'll talk a little bit more about him in a minute. Um, but like, this is like, you forget how how fun and easy Franz is to watch. Like that's 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 the only way I can describe it. Franz is just fun and easy to watch. What he does is deceptively simple, uh, but it is extremely effective. Uh, and that is just plain exciting. Like I, I, again, I can't really describe it any other way. He just gets the job done. He just does what he's supposed to do and does it so consistent and well. Um, it's, it's, it's impressive. Like I, I, I really, I, I, again, it's, it's to see it from a player so young, he plays with so much poise, so much physicality. Honestly, that's what surprised me most is his willingness to be physical coming back from injury. You know, the, you know, you don't worry about his offense so much. He is a good defender. He's being more physical. He's been a lot better as a rebounder during this during during this whole uh, run to the World Cup. He obviously has only played one World Cup game to to this point, um, but everything just works so easily for him. And again, the the, the proof is in the pudding too. Like uh, you know, Dennis Schroeder had a rough game. Uh, no getting around it. I'm, we'll talk more about it in a minute. But Dennis Schroeder, nine points, four for twenty six shooting, zero for eight on threes, just one free throw attempt, four assists, four turnovers. It was a rough game. He was minus 20. It was a rough game. And Germany built, Germany finally got some distance. They were finally able to pull away a little bit from Latvia. Uh, and then Franz came out for his usual fourth quarter break. It's only like two to three minutes long. He doesn't have much time, especially in a in a 10-minute quarter. He starts the fourth quarter, built that lead. Schroeder comes in, and the offense just gums up. There's you, you lose a lot of the ball movement, you lose a lot of the player movement. A lot of isolation plays, a lot of settling for threes, which is Germany, which is probably this Germany team's 
biggest offensive weaknesses is they're a great three-point shooting team, but they settle for threes. They don't get those paint touches that they need. Um, and when Schroeder isn't working like this, and fortunately they had Franz, but when Schroeder's struggling like this, they're very, very beatable. And, and Latvia was able to cut that lead down to two. Um, Schroeder missed a missed a pair of shots late, uh, missed a shot late that, that Thice rebounded, picked up two free throws to make it a, a four-point game. Latvia scores. Uh, Germany comes back down at the other end. If Schroeder, Schroeder has the ball in his hands, he's the team leader. I, I can't super knock it. But again, everything good that was happening in this game happened with the ball in Franz's hands. And, and I think I think there was probably a way to still get Schroeder a shot and a good shot, but to start the initial action with Franz. And, and like, it's not going to be very long before even Dennis Schroeder has to recognize this is Franz Wagner's team. Like, you know, he, we got to get him the ball. We got to make sure that he is well fed um, if we're going to be successful and, 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 you know, have this program continue to evolve and, and, and grow, which, you know, Germany's obviously done here in the last uh, two uh, in the last, really, they, 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 re, they made the Olympics again uh, in 2020 in no, not 2020. Uh, they, they made, yeah, they made the Olympics in 2020 with Mo Wagner. Um, that was a huge breakthrough getting through the Olympic qualifying tournament. Now they've had a bronze medal in Eurobasket. Now they're in the semifinals of the World Cup. This this is a big. This is the start of a big run for Germany as a basketball program. Um, but Schroeder wasted a whole shot clock, and yeah, you want to take time off the clock, so that's not terrible. But he got an awful shot, didn't get really good penetration, ended up forcing a tough jumper. Latvia was able to get the rebound. They raced down to the other end of the court. Davis Bertans got a great, uh, got a decent. I wouldn't say great look, but got a decent look for three, missed it. And that's the difference between Germany moving on and not. It, it, it was survival for Germany in a lot of ways. And, you know, Latvia deserves a lot of credit. Without Kristaps Porzingis, they had an incredible tournament. tournament. Arturs Zagars, who is currently unsigned anywhere, 24 points, four for eight shooting from three. Davis Bertans, 20 points, six for 13 from three. That's 10 of Latvia's 13 three-pointers. They made a lot of threes in this game, really kept them in the game and, and, and gave them that chance to win it. Um, all credit to Latvia. They played a fantastic game. All credit to Germany. At this point in the tournament, it's survive and advance. All you got to do is win the game and move on. That's all that matters. Doing anything else is irrelevant. Survive and advance. Move on and, and, and see see what happens. That's, that's, that's honestly the goal right now. And so a good effort uh, from both teams, and Germany was just the one that came out on top. And now they get the United States in the semifinals. So we'll have the Magic Civil War on Friday. We'll talk about that game on Friday. But what I want to talk about for the meat of the show is about what lessons the Orlando Magic can learn from Germany and why this German team is exactly who the Orlando Magic want to be. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, it's time for a quick word from our friends over at FanDuel. The NFL season is right around the corner. It's literally tomorrow, like, like literally tomorrow. And so get incredible offers to start your NFL season from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can get $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season with an offer you will not want to miss. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL.
So, you know me. Um, you know, I, 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 when I look at these games, I, I try to try to find bigger lessons. Um, you know, each game is a chapter of a story in, in my reckoning. Um, you know, they're, they're important. They're data points that tell you a little bit something about, about your team. And, and I love, you know, if you've seen on online magic daily, I'm still trying to knock out my final playoff lessons before we move on fully to the next, to the next season. Um, I'm always trying to look for things that we can learn about and, and apply to the Orlando Magic. Like one of the things I tell my writers is localize national stories. If there is a concept or something that uh, someone is applying to the Hawks or applying to another team, uh, I don't mean to single out the Hawks, but but if there's if someone is applying uh, some reasoning or some thinking to another team, tell us what that means for the Magic. Tell us what tell us how apply their same logic or their same process to the Magic. Um, you know, there, there's so many of these types of things where you can take a big, big story and say, okay, what can the magic learn from this? Um, because everything is data. Everything is telling you something. And especially at this important part of the Orlando magic, I'm, you know, writing a column, column for Orlando magic daily. We'll talk about it on, on the show next week, most likely. Um, so much of what I, I want to do. And so much what I try to do is I try to, especially at this stage of the team's development is, try and figure out what lessons we can glean from successes and failures around the basketball world and how they'll help the Orlando Magic get to that next level. At this point, everything about the Magic is, is just so theoretical. Um, there's a lot of things to like about the current team. And, and please, be excited about this current team. It's, it's going to be a really, really fun season. Uh, this is probably the most anticipated Magic season, certainly since Dwight Howard left, almost certainly since 2010. Um, since the 2010 season coming off the finals finals run, um, there is a lot of hope, optimism, and belief about what this team is, what they can become, and what they're going to do, both in the short and the long term. And so, so much of what this season is about, so much of what, what we're going to discuss here on the show and, and wrestle with and the questions that we're really going to get at is, who is this Magic team? What does success for this magic team look like what is what is that picture um who is this team what is this team's identity and how do we get the most of these two special young players that we have in Paolo Bencaro and Franz Wagner and so you know i'm watching the i'm watching these world cup games you know i'm obviously watching the the, the magic players very closely and you know this is our second year watching germany um, you know, you know, that, that I watched Germany a little bit when Mo Wagner was on the team in the 2020 and the Tokyo Olympics in 2021, a little bit, but certainly seeing Franz Wagner, uh, uh, such a key player for the Orlando Magic playing for his national team in a major tournament like Eurobasket last summer and now the World Cup, a lot, of, a lot of us Magic fans have been watching these games, feel a little bit of a kinship to Germany and, and, and feel, uh, and, and are watching Germany to see, okay, why is Franz having success with this team? And how can we build that success in Orlando? What I was watching and what I've been thinking about throughout this World Cup with Franz out is also this really important lesson. Yes, the Magic, like Germany, have two hubs that their team revolves around. Dennis Schroeder and Franz Wagner are it. They are this German team. They are, they are the players... You know, as Reggie Jackson used to say for the New York Yankees, they are the straw that stirs the drink. You can't win, you can't be successful if you don't have players who can create, who can force some action, that that force the defense to react to you. 
But despite not having Franz Wagner for most of this tournament, this is his second game today, um, despite Franz Wagner missing a week and a half um, of basketball, this German team is still considered the second or third best team in the tournament. Um, you know, there, there, no one ever really doubted that Germany was going to be in this position. And, and maybe that informed them or helped them decide, like, hey, we're confident in what we have. Let's give Franz an extra day. Let's, you know, we don't need him for uh, Georgia or, you know, no offense to Georgia, you know, that we don't need him for Slovenia, a team that just lost uh, earlier today in the, today in the quarterfinals to Canada. Um, they know, they know that they can succeed. And I think this is the essence of so much of what the Magic are trying to build. This isn't just about, yes, they have Franz Wagner playing a very similar role that he, that he plays in Orlando. They have Mo Wagner playing a very similar role that he plays in Orlando. Brett Brillmeyer, an assistant coach for, for the Magic, is an assistant coach for Germany. They, there's, there's a lot of parallels and a lot of similarities. I don't, you know, I don't think they run very similar sets. You know, I'm sure, I'm sure the Magic have taken some sets that, that Germany runs to, to, to make Franz comfortable, and, and I'm sure Germany has taken some sets the Magic run that make Franz comfortable. You know, everybody steals plays from each other. Um, but what stands out to me is how this group is a team. And it's a team in, in that, yes, there are two hubs around which everything revolves. But the player that steps up to get them over the top, that, get, that gets them the win, it, it feels like it's different every single night. One night, it's Mo Wagner, come, you know, especially with Franz out. Someone on these teams had to step up and fill in. This is a team that has two great players, certainly for the FIBA level, for, for, this, for this level in these competitions. But they have several key role players, all of whom are capable of stepping up with big games to fill in, depending on what the defense gives them and who's hot that night. You don't know who that third star is going to be every night, but you know someone is going to be that third star. Whether it's, uh, whether it's you know, uh, Mato Lowe coming off the bench, uh, being a three-point shooter. He had a big game, uh, I believe it was against Slovenia, uh, to help Germany win. Could be Mo Wagner coming off the bench, who, you know, again, has had several big games. He had, what, a 25-point game in, in the first round? It could be, you know, Isak Bonga, who's had some really strong defensive games. Could be Andreas Obst, who's, a fantastic shooter, scored 13 points on three for six shooting. He was a big part of why Germany was able to hold on and win this game with Dennis Schroeder struggling so much. You, you know what you're getting from Daniel Theis. He, he may not score a lot, but he's going to be active everywhere. Five offensive rebounds in, in Wednesday's game. It could be Johannes Voigtman. It could be Johannes Thiemann. They have guys everywhere who can contribute and step up. And so far in this tournament, someone has whether it's to replace Franz Wagner's production or whether, you know, in this game to replace Dennis Schroeder's production or whether it's just that extra hand that they need that the defense is giving them that gets them over the hump. The Magic want to be the same way. Franz and Powell are going to do their thing. They're the stars. They're going to get theirs. And some nights they're going to give a little bit more. But the Magic, honestly, the Magic don't need Paolo and Franz to average 25 a game each. What the Magic want is balance. Like, yes, those two players are probably going to average around 20 points per game. But they're going to get 
a 15, 16, 17 points from a Wendell Carter or Markel Fultz on any given night. They could get big scoring performances from Cole Anthony, from Jalen Suggs, maybe even Jed Howard if he gets hot. Mo Wagner is going to put up 12, give you a 12-pointer every now and then coming off the bench. Like Germany, the Magic have some depth. They have some ability to, to, to step in and fill in. And, and look, we know this team has the specter of injuries around them. They don't have a lot of guys that have played 82 games in the season. So there's going to be a point where they are going to need these guys to step up. They are going to need someone to take the mantle, just like Germany had to, had to rally and do so when Franz was out. And that's the ultimate lesson, because is this Germany team the most talented team in this tournament? Take out the U.S. because the U.S. is its own thing. Is Germany more talented than Canada? Maybe, maybe not. I'm not saying there's no talent on Germany. There's talent on this team. But what makes Germany special and what's helped them win in this tournament and win the last two years is they've got depth. They got multiple guys who can beat you on any given night. And they've got the tools to set them up to succeed. And set them up to do so. And that's what the Magic are trying to build with their group. Adding some continuity so everyone knows what's up. And now all of a sudden you have the mixture to build a great team. A team that can be successful. A team that can accomplish its goals. Reaching the playoffs. Maybe stealing a few games. Maybe winning a series. And look. We know there is still more work and more team building to do with the, this Magic group. We're going to get to that in, 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 over the next few weeks before training camp. We know there is still work to do. But this Magic team, like Germany, has the capability of filling in, beating teams in multiple ways with multiple players, and surprising a lot of people along the way. We're going to continue our countdown to training camp with our big question of the day. We'll talk about the Magic's turnover problem. We'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, we'll get, that, get to that coming up here in just a moment. We are officially in the countdown to training camp. October 2nd is media day. October 3rd is the first day of practice. Uh, and we are less than a month away. So get excited. Get hype. Uh, I don't know if that's a thing kids say anymore. I, I, I've given up on that. Uh, but, um, you know, we, we talked yesterday a little bit about how the defense can improve and, and a little bit of just kind of the generic parts of the defense. But there's one thing I kind of left out on, on that equation and, and in, that, in that discussion, which honestly is probably the biggest thing the Magic have to improve. Um, you know, I, I posted this on the line Magic Daily. We'll talk more about it over the next couple of weeks here. Um, I don't think the Magic have to do very much to make the playoffs. Like, so much, you know, we, you're probably annoyed of hearing this, but the Magic just have to get better. Like, it, it, it's simple. Like, I, I you know, I'm going to point out a few specific things where they have to get better, but just the Magic have to get better. And if the Magic get better, they will make the play. They will make the postseason. Will they make the playoffs and succeed? Will they go to the play in tournament? I don't know. But if they get better, they will make the postseason. It's 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 not that hard. Um, but there was one thing that the Magic struggled with last year. 
that you expected them to struggle with. But if they reel it back in, it's going to make everything else better. It's going to make the whole team function at a much higher level. And that is turnovers. Plain and simple, the Magic turned the ball over way too much last year. The numbers honestly speak for themselves. Orlando ranked 27th of the league in turnover rate at 15.1%. That means they're turning the ball over on 15% of their possessions. Even after December 7th, because again, we take out the first 25 games, the Magic ranked 23rd at 14.4%. They didn't always turn into points on the other end, but Orlando gave up 18.2 points off turnovers per game. That was 25th in the league. And 17.4 points off turnovers per game, 20th in the league, after December 7th. Pretty much, if you think about it, when the Magic were able to get their defense set, they were one of the best defenses in the league. When they turn the ball over, when they don't value possessions, their defense is put in a compromising position and they tended to make mistakes. Mistake, you know, and this is just something young teams do. Mistakes tend to compound and, and they struggle sometimes to, to get them all right. So much of the season, like I said, is just about getting better. And it's about just being more precise and detail-oriented. Um, it's turning the ball over less. And it's like, look, it's not like there's one guy that's turning the ball over four or five times. Paolo Bancaro led the team with 2.8 turnovers per game. He was a rookie dealing with double teams like he'd never seen before. You expect him to struggle a little bit on that front. Uh, Marco Fultz, I think, had 2.4 turnovers per game. He's a point guard. You expect him to have a few turnovers. Um, it's just an accumulation. Like, those two guys, and I think Cole Ant, either I think Franz Wagner had 2.1 turnovers per game. It's just like this slow trickle of enough guys have enough turnovers that you end up with, you know, and the Magic were a low possession team on top of that. Um, you end up with like 15, 16 turnovers, and, and that could be enough to flip a game. Um, so much of this season is just about being more precise and, and just being more and just valuing the ball a little bit more and, and doing X, Y, and Z just a little bit better. Um, it's this stuff is frankly not that complicated. If Orlando is better controlling the ball, not turning the ball over, they're going to put themselves in a position to win more basketball games. Honestly, I would say this. The biggest thing holding the Magic's offense back isn't their three-point shooting. They found a nice little, you know, they're not a great three-point field goal percentage team. I'm not going to sit here and lie about that. Um, but they found a nice little happy medium of where their their attempts are at, uh, how they get their attempts, and, and who's shooting them. Uh, their biggest thing holding them back offensively are their turnovers. If they stop turning the ball over, they're going to win basketball games. Plain and simple. If they stop turning the ball over, they will win basketball games. Um, or they'll score more points because it's just, frankly, just giving away 15% of your possessions. And when, again, you're a low possession team, the Magic, I think we're in the bottom 10 in the league in, in possessions for 48 minutes. Um, when you're just giving those away, you know, it, so much of the Magic's offense is just a mix of things. It's being a low volume three-point shooting team and a bad three-point shooting team. It's being a high turnover team and a low possession team. It's, you know, being a paint defense team, but giving a lot up a lot of raw three-pointers like we talked about yesterday, the three-point math problem that I talked about. Um, if the Magic don't turn the ball over as much, then their defense is going to be set. Um, they're going to they're gonna get more shots 
you know, they get to the line a lot, they're going to get more field goal attempts, which again, increases the likelihood that they'll make more threes, that they'll be more efficient and more effective because they're getting actually getting shots instead of giving away those possessions. Um, turnovers are just at the heart of everything. They're just mistakes that can be prevented. Uh, and look, you're not going to have a cl perfectly clean game, but you got to protect the ball and young teams struggle with this. There's no doubt about it. So you expect that you expected the magic to struggle. So this year is not about being the lowest turnover team in the league. It's just about being better, not being bottom 10. If the magic can get to league average and turnover rate, you know, their offense isn't going to magically become a top 10 offense, but they could creep out of the bottom 10. And I think that's the goal for the magic this year is to creep out of the bottom 10 in offensive rating. Uh, and so Turnovers are a huge issue for the Orlando Magic. And it's not a single player, you bench him and the turnovers are gone. It's everybody just needs to be more efficient, more effective, more focused on valuing possessions. And, and look, probably the only way this lesson's going to get learned is they're going to get into a playoff game or a big-time game and turnovers are going to cost them. It cost them that game. Um, you know, this is going to be a theme throughout the season I will repeat this, I'm sure, a million times if I haven't already. We're not going to know this team's real weaknesses until we get to the playoffs, until we get to a seven-game series and see how teams attack the Magic, how teams try to exploit the Magic's weaknesses and see whether this team can show even hints that it can overcome them. You know, I can sit here and say, oh, the Magic are fine with their three-point shooting for now. Yeah, they need more shooting, but they're fine with it for now. When we get to a playoff series and the Magic can't make a three, then it's going to be a problem. <laughs> like that's, that's, that's the thing, you know, if the magic get to a series and the only game that they win is the game where they shoot threes well, and they're blown out the other four, like that's, that's when we know, okay, that's actually a huge problem that we need to like put some real attention and focus on. Um, That's, that's what this season's about. And so again, it's about learning and discovering these things, and that's later on down the road. But it's just about being more mature. Like I'll, I'll say it, it's about being more mature, valuing these possessions, and putting the team in a position to grow and succeed off of that. Sometimes the answers are pretty simple. Like, honestly, sometimes the answers are that simple. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. You can, of course, find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. Hit your tune in Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the fun places on the podcast to your podcast-enabled listening device. For the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us on Twitter at omagicdaily. We are starting our Player Outlook series. Jet Howard's Player Outlook from our, our, from our writer Alfred Esmond is up on the site now. Um, so definitely check that out. We'll be doing Player Outlooks all throughout this month, heading into training camp. Hopefully, we'll be all done before training camp. But as you can tell, I'm still doing playoff lessons, and those are definitely a little, little stale at this point. Um, Memphis Grizzlies playoff lesson coming up later today as well on the site. Um, on tomorrow's episode of Locked On Magic, uh, we're going to talk about, I think we're going to talk a little bit about Cole Anthony um, and talk a little bit about uh, guys that we expect to step up this this season, guys who could, the guys who could flip this season around for the Orlando Magic, make them a postseason team. And of course, we will talk and preview. The magic, uh, the big magic civil war coming up in Manila on Friday. We'll have a Friday afternoon episode as well to talk about that game. I, I'm expecting to record Thursday's episode around the same time. I'm finishing up recording here at 11 a.m. on Wednesday. Um, so I can just 
be done with the podcast for the day. Um, but that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic. This has been Philip Rossman, right? We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic.